Words are a window into a company's soul. They reveal whether a company has a true customer focus or whether they've succumbed to complexity. This is one of the key lessons that I've learned from 2019. Let's grab a coffee and talk about it some more. Welcome to episode 228 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. I'd just like to say thank you so much for taking the time to downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. This week, it's just me and the mic, however, and I'm going to do a little bit of a review of 2019, some of the things that have stood out for me and some of the lessons that I've learned as a marketing consultant and speaker. But before we get to that, I want to ask you a big, big favour. If you get any benefit from this podcast, if you enjoy the interviews, if you enjoy the insight, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave me a review on iTunes. Go on, it's Christmas. All you need to do is go to rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. It really only takes about 30 seconds and it really does help me spread the word about the marketing and finance podcast. Let's me get it out to more people and obviously boosts me up the rankings a little bit. So it's Christmas and all I want for Christmas is a review. That was terrible, wasn't it? This year, 2019, actually marks the sixth anniversary of me leaving big corporate and setting out on my own as a marketing consultant and as a speaker again. And it's been a phenomenal year. I'm so grateful for everything that's happened. Best year as a consultant in terms of gigs and and interesting work and best year in terms of speaking engagements. I've had the privilege of being able to travel all over Europe and, of course, in the UK, visiting and speaking at some great corporate conferences. And of course, one of the most amazing things that happened this year was that back in the summer, the Marketing and Finance podcast was voted best podcast at the CMA Awards, the Content Marketing Academy Awards. So grateful for Chris Marr and his team for giving me that accolade. It was a massive confidence boost and really, really felt great after 200 odd episodes of putting this podcast out nearly every week, admittedly not every week, but nearly every week over a period of four years. So thank you for everybody who supported me in winning the Content Marketing Academy Best Podcast Award. But as I work with more and more companies, I'm still seeing a massive amount of complexity in marketing. Wherever I go, whether it's a small company, medium-sized company, or if I ever go back into those big corporates, I sometimes see complexity at every turn. And something clicked for me this year, something which I've probably realised all along, but haven't been able to articulate it properly until now. And I'm just going to talk about it a little bit more later in the podcast, but I just want to give a little bit of background, some of the other lessons that I've learnt in 2019. I think we still need to go back to basics when it comes to marketing. We live in an age now where everybody has access to fabulous technology, apps, platforms, digital technology. 
Marketing is available to all companies of all sizes, whereas in the past, many, many years ago, it would have been restricted to companies with gigantic budgets. Now everybody has got access to great communications technology, and therein lies a problem. The problem is that a lot of companies dive straight into the tactics of communication before they lay the groundwork around what they want to communicate. They don't put the strategy together first. Now, back in episode 205, I asked the question, how on earth do I start in marketing? And that was one of the most popular episodes of the year. And the reason I did that episode is that somebody had posted that question on Twitter. Their question was, how on earth do I start in marketing? And I dove into that Twitter question and had a look at all the replies that were underneath that original question. And I was probably not too surprised to see the answers, but they went went something like this. The first one was, you need to be doing video. The second one was something like, make sure you've nailed your email list. Third one was something like, you need to be building a social media profile. Now, all of these answers are fine. Those are all great marketing tactics. And if those tactics fit fit your strategy, then absolutely do them. But the problem was that I saw from the answers to those Twitter that Twitter question was that they were diving straight into the tactics. Nobody said, "Well, who's your customer? What's your product? What are you doing? What's your service?" They immediately assumed that these people wanted to communicate, and then they told them, in their opinion, what the best way to communicate was. And that's not the way you do marketing. Marketing starts with the customer. Marketing starts with some research. Marketing starts with who your customer is, what their problems are, and how you can solve their problems better and different to anybody else. And I'm still seeing this happen time and time again. I'll get a phone call or somebody will send me an email and they'll say, Roger, we'd love you to come and help us with our Twitter marketing or we'd love you to come and help us with some video marketing. Now, my answer to that question is always absolutely would love to help you. Tell me about your strategy. And often people say, no, 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 we're not interested in the strategy. We just want to do video. We just want to do Twitter. And I'll push them a little bit. And fair enough, sometimes I push them so much that they say, okay, you're obviously not for us. And then that's fine. But I truly believe you have to have the strategy in place first. And maybe it's the word strategy that puts people off, but you do need to do it. And all I'm talking about and the the process that I take people through, all I'm talking about is put yourself an offer together. Do your research, work out, in fact, answer three questions. Who's my customer? Who is my customer? And be pinpoint accurate with that. And then ask yourself, what is my customer's problem or what is my customer's issue? And finally, how do I solve, how do we solve that customer's issue or problem better and preferably different to anybody else in the market? The answers to those questions form the basis of your offer. And and you'll also have to price that offer and work out how you're going to distribute it. But once you've got an offer, you've got an articulation of a product or a service that you can then take to market. But you don't go into the communication yet. You've also got to set yourself some goals. Are you going for market share? Are you going for number of people on your list? Are you going for a certain amount of net profit? Are you going for a certain amount of gross profit? Are you going for a certain number of customers? Have a goal. Because if you've got a goal, you can hold yourself accountable. You can review it. You can 
change and refine as you go. But if you don't have a goal, you've got nothing to measure yourself against. And therefore, it's more likely that you'll be able to just walk away and say, well, that didn't work. And I've been very clear with my customers this year, we have to have the strategy in place Let's not call it strategy. Let's call it a plan. We've got the offer. We articulate the offer. And that offer comes from research. It comes from talking to customers. It comes from getting out there on the street. It comes from sending out surveys. It comes from insight. We've got to listen. We've got to listen to what our customers are saying. We can't assume that we know what their problems are and what they want. And in some respects, I've been through this process myself. When I left big corporate, I'd been doing a marketing director job for nearly 15 years. And I came out thinking I can offer so many different services to my potential customers. I could do copywriting. I could do strategy. I could do planning. I could do implementation. We could do segmentation. We could do targeting, et cetera, et cetera. And admittedly, for the first couple of years as a freelance marketing consultant, I was probably offering too many things. It was like jack-of-all-trades, master of none. And I guess I've gone through that process that I advocate, the putting together of the offer, looking at the customer, and actually refining what my offer is. And my offer is helping people keep their marketing strategy simple. And that is absolutely it. And I do that through a combination of motivational talks at conferences and events around the country, around Europe, interactive workshops within the companies that I work with, and of course, follow-up coaching. But the bottom line is, it's all about simplicity, keeping marketing simple. Because I truly believe that complicated marketing enrages customers and simple marketing engages customers. And you know my mantra, engage, don't enrage. The next standout for me in 2019 was what we talked about in episode 209, storytelling. The importance of storytelling, not only in conference speeches and event speeches, but storytelling in your marketing, real stories of how you've helped your customers and let them tell their story how they've been helped by your products and your services. Now, if you're a listener of the podcast, you'll know that I use a story in my talks, which is now known as the John the Wine Man story. And and it's a story about a, a wine cellar and it makes an incredibly incredibly important point about not being pushy, about not being annoying, but about being engaging and more importantly about answering people's questions, gaining their trust, gaining their trust so that they want to do business with you. And and conference organizers now ask me, will you do the John the Wine Man speech, which which I'm really, really pleased about. Another great example of storytelling this year was my friend Alan Knowles, who who works for Cura Financial Services, one of my clients, he was doing a keynote speech at an industry conference at the Cover Industry Forum this year. And we worked on a story that he could weave into his presentation. And that story was about an old sales guy. Interesting that they all turn out to be sales guys, isn't it? It was about an old sales manager that he had who they dubbed the Penguin because he looked like the Penguin out of the Batman films. And he wasn't a very nice character. And the whole point of Alan's talk was you don't need to be like the Penguin. You need to be like the more modern advisor who who listens to customers, who answers their questions, who listens to their problems and their issues and comes up with a financial solution that meets their needs. 
And and this was remarkable. The, his speech went down incredibly well. And I remember the headline in the magazine promote, promoting the conference a few days later. The headline was, don't be like the penguin. See how that resonated enough with the audience that they actually made it the headline of the article covering the conference. To me, that highlights the importance of stories. And I've become really, really interested in the development of stories this year. And it, it led to me putting together my very successful ebook, Simple Steps to a Killer Talk, which you can still download from rogeredwards.co.uk. And, and that's all about stories. That's how to put together a speech, a talk, a presentation without going to PowerPoint straight away. What you do is you start by thinking about the messages you want to put across and the stories that you can tell to back up those messages. And believe me, it works. John the Wine Man and the Penguin are fabulous examples of how stories can engage. And I guess the final thing, the final thing, that's really what I was alluding to earlier on. It's this whole thing about words and about the complexity that we see blights some companies and blights some propositions. And I had an epiphany moment this year. Again, I was at a conference. This time it was in Albania. And I did the John the Wine Man speech at this conference in Albania. But they also asked me if I would do one of my earlier stories. Well, there's the story that I call the cat on the mat story. And the cat on the mat story, you'll have heard this if you've been to one of my talks, again, is a great example of how to keep things simple. And, and I, I quite simply tell the audience, imagine you're working for a company, which is called the Cat Mat Company. And this company, as you would expect, makes mats for cats to sit on. And the strap line of this company is dead simple. And I say to the audience, I'm going to tell you the strap line. In fact, I'm going to put it up on the screen. It's going to be on the screen for about five seconds. And I guarantee that every single person in this room, whether there's 50 of you, 60 of you, 200 of you, 1,000 of you, you're all going to be able to memorize this strap line. And I show them the strap line on the screen. And the strap line is, your cat sat on our mat. And then I take it off the screen, ask the audience, can they shout it back to me? And I count them down, three, two, one, and you can guarantee that whether there's 50 of them, 100 of them, 1,000 of them, they will shout back, your cat sat on our mat. It demonstrates the power of simplicity. But then I start to explain how the company might grow, become more successful, and it becomes more complicated. And I start to tamper with that particular phrase. The first thing I do is I flip it round so that it becomes a passive sentence. Our mat was sat on by your cat. When I count them down three, two, one, the majority of them can say it back because it's not too much of a change. But the next couple of iterations, we add more things in, what the cat's eating, whether it's fishy munches, whether the, the mat is coarse or soft. And then, of course, the third version fills up an entire screen of gobbledygook and management speak. And after every slide, I say, OK, everybody, three, two, one. And of course, everybody just laughs because there's no way that they can remember the much more complicated version. And there you have it. Now, for many, many years, I've been doing the cat on the mat story to illustrate how important it is to keep your words simple in your marketing, to use words that your customers can understand. But then I had this penny drop moment this year. The words are actually a window into the company's soul. Because if the company is at that stage where the word is garbage, 
gobbledygook, management speak, bloat, mumbo jumbo, and just plain muppetry. If it's that, if it's got to that bloated level, that stupid level, it's very likely that that company also has very complicated products, very complicated processes, and possibly very complicated and very annoying customer service. And that was that epiphany moment. It's not just the words we're talking about here. The words are a symptom of what's going on in the greater organization. So if you can say, your cat sat on our mat, if that's your slogan, it's likely your products will be simple, your processes will be simple, and your customer service will be simple. If you're at the gobbledygook management bloat stage, it's likely your products are horribly complicated as well. And I'm suddenly thinking here, the words are a proxy for everything else. So are you selling a your cat sat on our mat type of product? Or are you selling a gobbledygook, gobbledygook, management speak, mumbo jumbo product? The words are the window into the company's soul. And because of that, you can immediately tell by looking at the words that companies use in their marketing material, you can immediately tell whether they're going to be a complicated company and therefore possibly annoying to deal with, or whether they're going to be gloriously simple and therefore engaging and therefore a joy to deal with. So maybe the lesson for all of us is to look at the words, and if you're the company, look at the words that you're using. Are your words a symptom of the complexity of the rest of your organisation? And if that's the case then maybe it's time to simplify not only the words, but the products, the processes, and the customer experience. I would love to help you with that process. But it's nearly Christmas. We don't want to think about work now until 2020. So I'm going to sign off for 2019. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast throughout 2019 and beyond. I really do appreciate you listening to the show. I really do appreciate all the people who take the time to send me emails, send me tweets, just send me comments about what they hear on the Marketing and Finance podcast. I'll be back in January with a whole new series of interviews. Until then, I hope you have a fabulous Christmas, an epic new year, and I will see you in 2020. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.